This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good evening. Thanks for joining the Tohanenbach podcast, proudly sponsored by Pearson's Bar and Six Yards Out. I'm your host, Nathaniel, and tonight we're joined by Will and Tom. So how are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, mate. How are you? I'm very happy you asked, and uh, I'm happier now. So just wonderful. Can't (laughs) wait to talk about football. Uh, Will, you're laughing already. How are you doing? I'm alive, so that's a good thing. That is certainly good. That is certainly better if he's drinking a bottle of beer. Yeah, not a very high bar to aspire to, though, I I imagine. Means you're never disappointed. I suppose, but um, I mean, maybe you were disappointed by some of the results City have had. Uh, Unlike the last time we did an episode, I think we just won two games against uh, Blackpool, no, not Blackpool, Birmingham and Wigan. Um, but this time, no wins to talk about, but two uh, quite exciting games. Uh, Yorkshire Derbies, as the name of the episode suggests, against Huddersfield and Sheffield United. But before we get on to those, and I'm sure it will bleed into the rest of the conversation as well. Um, of course, the main thing people say at the start of the season is you can only really judge the table after 10 games. Um, but we're not going to be judging the table. We are going to be looking at the seniors first 10 games in charge of Hull City. And that's uh, three clean sheets. Three wins, two losses, five draws. We've scored 12, conceded eight, and uh, we have 14 points, which if that averaged over the course of the season, that would be about 64. And maybe we'd be something like ninth or 11th, something like that. So, um, Will, I'll start with you. Ten games in, has the senior made a good impact? I mean, I think you'd be mental to say otherwise. Can see the team's playing completely better. The football's much better. The players seem to be playing for the manager. And there's my main thing is the results are better. 
Absolutely. Would you agree with that, Tom? Yeah, I, th I think what the main thing that he's done when he came in was show up the defence, and that's to any success. Uh, when Pep Guardiola came to Man City, the first thing he did was show up the defence, and um, that's what Rosinha's done when he's coming here. He's um, he stopped the shipping goals, silly goals as well, and that's that's how he built from the back. And now we've obviously added. We're adding some additions in January, which we'll probably go on to later. Um, I think hopefully going forwards, um, we can start sort of be more pertinent in the final third. Absolutely. I mean, I'll be honest and say that I wasn't a hundred percent convinced by the appointment. Um, I was excited, but he's done a little bit better than I thought he might do. I mean, he's done as well as I hoped. But um, yeah, fourteen points out of ten. Um, you know, of course, under Shotter, I think we had eleven from the first ten. Um, but then his last 10 games, it would have been a whole lot less. Um, I mean, as I said, we've conceded eight under Shotter. It probably would be about double that. Uh, co stopped conceding in uh, free kicks and corners as well. So, yeah, I think he's he shored up the defence. We haven't really scored a huge amount of goals. 12 from 10 is not great, but it, it, it's OK. And I think the Wigan result helped that a lot. Um, but I think the most exciting thing is that we're playing much better football. And that's exactly the sort of thing Ajahn wanted. He wants us to play attacking football. We were promised that under Schotter and it never really happened. Um, but we're controlling the games. And uh, yeah, I think Rosinha is doing a very good job. And if he can continue this form um, that he showed in the first 10 uh, with his decisions, then uh, I think we'll be in for a good season. So um, just anything else to add about uh, Rosinha's impact on the club? Um. I do think some of the results we have got recently, including one we're going to talk about today, probably would never would have happened under Shotter, which I think is the main thing. Like mm -hmm. we just didn't have a backbone before, it seemed. Yeah. Now we do. Are you uh, referring to the fact we could have lost five or six against Sheffield United when no, we go I'm referring that to the fact one that there was down? no chance on earth under Shotter we would have even got anything from Huddersfield. Mm, yeah, because they they bullied us and. Really, if you, you bully the whole team under Shotter, you just show up a little Draw bit under Dawson down as well. And we're just dead. Yeah, and uh, we almost almost were, but we did get a point against Huddersfield, a 1-1 draw. Um, I think the main thing to talk about with uh, the Huddersfield result is that, considering where they were on the table and we just won um, two games in the league, then the FA Cup sort of stopped our momentum, but, uh, but it's two well. points dropped in, in the Cup, yes. But uh, yeah. Tom... Two points dropped, right? Yeah, against Huddersfield it was, yeah. But they came into the, the game having, I think, there was unbeaten in the last three away games. Mm -hmm. I think they picked up two wins in a row. So they the come into there with confidence and, you know, obviously the first half, they like, sort of dominated a bit and um, we had to grind out a result in the end. But I think uh, after our second half performance, from what I saw, because I, I wasn't at the game, that was the one I missed this season, um, I think we did deserve a point in the end. But, you know, I think in order to sort of climb into the division, you need to sort of earn, earn these points when you're not particularly playing that well. And mm -hmm. I think, like like Will's touch upon, I think under Shotter, there's no no chance in hell we're getting that result. Um, you know, we'd probably lost two or three now, uh, like we did against Luton early on in the season. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's it's you know, there's there's promising signs. It's just 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 about getting that you know the duck off our back a bit uh, at home. So I think away we'll play a bit bit more freedom, whereas at home a bit more conservative. I think and. I think if we take if we take the game to teams more, um, I think we can, you know, so we need to sort of start on the front foot a bit more. I think a bit conservative mm -hmm. at times, but uh, hopefully that'll come with time. 
Yeah, well, that's the sort of thing Rosinha said in the press conference that he wasn't happy that um, with the first half performance and the way we started against Huddersfield, he said that we gave away a few cheap uh, corners and that allowed Huddersfield to grow into the game. And I think that's the most frustrating thing about the home form is that um, it, we make it so much more difficult for ourselves when we go a goal down. Mind you, we've seen his first game at home. We scored very early on against Reading and we did go on to lose that game. But I think that was very early on and we've improved a lot since then. So I think if we get the first goal in the next game against QPR at home, it might be. was unlucky to, to could... lose that game as well against Reading. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, um, I, I don't know who scored the own goal at the end, but I don't think anyone remembers that. I remember some winger. Nah. Uh, we'll, but we'll forgive them anyway, whatever happened. Um, yeah, I mean, 68% possession against Huddersfield. And uh, I mean, a, a lot of that came from the time wasting. And I think, Will, yeah, you want to talk part, about that? That partly came from the moment they scored. They, they had their, to be fair to Huddersfield, even though they did concede the last kick of the game, they played that game to perfection, to be quite honest, because they had, they got their goal, they smashed and grabbed it, and then they just sat in such a way that we couldn't pass through them in any way, shape or form, which completely ruined us until we made a couple of subs later on when they started to tire. Mm-hmm. Um, but isn't it nice when a referee actually gives time for time-wasting and then actually plays out said time? It's great, well, isn't that's, it? That's what they're supposed to do, because if they waste the time and the referee doesn't like it, it I doesn't add it on at the end, what's the point? What, the thing that, always, that I loved after the game, when you looked on social media, is a lot of Huddersfield fans saying, why did they play eight minutes when there was six added on? And that's on, on face value. You're like, well, yeah. Until you remember that, I can't remember it was, it went down for about four minutes. Maybe well, there was an injury, start, wasn't there? Right at the start of injury time. Mm. Yeah, and they seem to forget about that. I mean, even if there had been time wasting, they would add the time on, but it was so obvious that there was that injury. He went down. And, I, and you could tell people, people even in the press box were getting a little bit aggro. And mm. the every time a Huddersfield player went down, they'd sit down for five minutes and then bounce straight up and were just running straight away. It's yeah. like, it's not even, they're not even hiding it at this point. Mm. It's the sort of gamemanship you get in the uh, championship. I mean, that, I mean, if all City did that and we won the game, I'd be all over it. I'd be saying it's ace. It's just when it happens against your team, it's the same with anything. If it happens mm. against your team, it's awful. But if your team does it, it's fantastic. It does seem we're sort of playing a, that we're a good footballing team. You know, we're passing around and there doesn't seem to be an awful lot of time wasting or anything like that. Mind you, we've not been in many opportunities to actually waste the time when we've been winning because <laughs> we've had so many draws. So, uh, But Tom, uh, what was your main emotion at the end of the game when Oscar scored that lovely finish? Because um, mine was more relief than, than joy yeah. because it is another game perhaps we should have won. I think it's when you score that late on, Sometimes initially it can feel more like a, the three points and it's the point, but when you reflect on it afterwards, a couple hours after when it settles, you think, you know, there's a huge chance there to, to claim three points. Um, but when you come up against a side like Huddersfield near the bottom, you know it's going to be difficult because they're fighting for their lives. Um, you know, we're, we're near down there as well, but I think Huddersfield, like with a the form, they're coming to the game in. You know, they, they had a little bit of form, but I think the closest to the bottom, they're struggling. Um, so I think when you're playing a team like that, they are going to make it hard for you. They're going to sit, you know, in a low block. And I think, you know, it's going to frustrate a side like us that likes to play possession. So, um, you know, that. So I knew it was going to be a tough game, but I did I didn't expect us to get the three points. But mm-hmm. hopefully um, it's coming sooner, sooner rather than later. It was it was one of those games where I feel like it was both 
two points dropped and a point gained because of the context of how it went. Yeah. Like you say, we had the yeah. chances to win it, but the way that Huddersfield played, we could have probably played for, even though we did score, we could have played probably for another hour and we wouldn't have scored again. If, if you'd have, if you'd have reversed it and we'd have scored early on and they'd have scored in the 96th minute, it would have felt like Yeah, it'd be horrible, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's like... I think the fact that we did get that nice, what was it, 94th minute equalised? Was it even 98? Yeah, 98. Yeah. Uh, it literally I was. Think. We scored it and they literally just did one kick off and he blew full time. Yeah, mm. it just shows that we have turned the corner since Rossini's coming to the club. That, that's the main thing I take from it because um, I think when you've got a team that that's fighting to the very end for a point, um, mm. I think it, it does show that, you know, no matter how much it's going against you in the game, all the time wasting. Again, we've come out with it with a point. So I think even if you're not playing particularly well, and you're still getting taking points from games, what's going to happen when we start playing well? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's, that's it's obviously a work in progress, but I think there's a lot to build on. You know, since Rossini's took over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, of course, we are going to talk about how losing next, but um, we are much more difficult to beat under Rossini, yeah. as you said, under Shotter. That you know, we probably would lose at least one nil or maybe a few more goals. Um, and then, of course, we I think we've banged on about home form a lot in recent weeks. So we'll talk about something else. And, um, of course, on one hand, it's really great that Oscar is scoring a lot of goals. Um, but the other thing is, um, and uh, I don't necessarily think this myself, but it's a potential talking point. Uh, Oscar is scoring a lot of goals. Um, are we over-reliant on him? I know a lot of people are sort of saying this about Man United and Rashford at the moment as well. Um, so, are we over reliant on Oscar for goals? No, we're not over reliant. I think when you've got you've got a focal point up front, um, I think you're going to play to his strengths, and we're doing more so now under Rossini in recent matches. Um, and I think to say we're over reliant on him, you know, I think it's it's a bit too far to be fair. I think you know, obviously he's going to score goals as a forward, but you know, maybe sometimes. Um, to be fair, sometimes we do try to cross it too much to him and stuff like that. But I think when you've got a forward like him, who's who's potent in the box, I think the natural thing to do is to feed him, and you know mm-hmm. that's what we've done. Yeah, yeah. There's, I think there's a bit. I can see both arguments. It's yeah, he's the main striker, so of course he's going to be the man who you name the goal. It's like yeah, Man yeah. Man City are obviously aiming to get the ball to Ellen Harland. Yeah. It's like Man, man City are relying on him, Ireland, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? But yeah, see, but at the same better time, team like, without him. Yeah. <laughs> that's what people have been yeah. saying yeah. I'm not sure about that one um, mm. but I can also say that when you look at it virtually no one else has scored for City this season outside of a couple of games yeah I mean Tufan is second top goal scorer and he doesn't even really play and so yeah that's eight less goals was eight well, almost goals. all of his goals were early in the season two fans mm. yeah exactly um, so uh, of course he did win uh, goal of the month though uh, for all December, I think it was, or was it November? Must have been December against Sunday, yeah. which was a nice finish. Um, but uh, and I think Oscars will probably be winning uh, the one for January, unless we get a few more uh, in the next few games. Um, I don't really think there's much else to mention about Huddersfield. Just it's good that we're picking up these points, even when uh, you know we, we put in a poor performance and we are getting um, you know these these equalizers. It's just you, you want to score first yeah. in one of these home games and see how that changes the game. Yeah, this is it. About the home form, it is annoying that we don't win. And I know I've seen it firsthand. Liam does get annoyed being asked the question about the home form. Oh, but, yeah. at the same, but at the same time, we're not losing at home either. 
Yeah, we're not free unbeaten. It's slowly, yeah, we're slowly turning the tide on that because before you just come here and the moment you score, you've won. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So we're a much tougher team. But then uh, we went to Sheffield United after this and it was somewhat of a free hit considering uh, Burnley and Sheffield United are both romping, almost definitely <laughs> romping. Exactly. That's the yeah. exact word to describe it. Romping away up to the Premier League. Um, and, you know, it's a bit surprising that, like, it's two teams that do that. You can usually in the championship, there's a great... the automatic race completely. Well, yeah, exactly. So um, playoffs is the only real uh, thing. Left. Playoffs is closer uh, than ever, though. That's, like, yeah, that's the thing. Oh, yeah, which is, yeah. makes it exciting. Um, so uh, I think we played quite well. It's almost like FA, uh, the FA Cup with Fulham. You just yeah. want to have a good performance against what is almost a Premier League team with the form they're in. Uh, so uh, perhaps we were a little unlucky to lose. I know Sheffield United have had a lot of chances. Uh, Burge and um, uh, Jebison could have scored um, some more. But were we unlucky to lose, Tom? I wouldn't say I was unlucky. Um, I, f- I felt the way we started the game, we started quite softly to, to concede that goal. And then um, we sort of grew into the game as it went on. But I felt the way we were set up, we were set up a bit... But not like it was in recent weeks. I think we set up a bit more defensive. And I felt that sort of worked against us in a way. But you know, once we in the second half, um, I think when we brought, you know brought a few players on, you know, sort of looks like a better side. I think we took the game to them. I think we were quite fearless with the way we played. Um, we could have, we could have snatched a point another day, but we didn't. Um, but I was quite impressed with the performance, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's easy to go against uh, go to Sheffield United and get turned over. But the fact that we lost by a marginal one goal that came in the second minute, I felt it sort of, it was a sort of, you know, how strong Sheffield United are defensively, it sort of made it an uphill battle from early on. Um, you know, against a side like that, you'd like to ride out the first 15 minutes, you know, about conceding, but we, you know, conceded almost straight away. So it's a bit, mm. bit, bit it was a bit of a killer. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I thought, yeah, as you said, it was going to be a free hit going into the game, like say their second, they're running away with it. I'd have been happy with what I'd have been happy as hell to get a point out of it. And yeah, mm-hmm. we started very poorly and we could have been a couple of goals down at least. Um, but yeah, we grew into the game and I think we could have, we could have snatched a point. And then Benjamin Tete yeah. had to be an mm-hmm. Egypt um, and get wound up by the biggest shithouse, Oddie McBurney. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who got him sent off and it was one of those where he was rightly sent off but it was also both should have been sent off yeah quite possibly it, it looks a, it looks from the replays you look you look um, at the replays you I just don't I just don't see how the referee can see that Ollie McBain is instigated it he, he's mm. instigated it McBain in a way then obviously Tete's sort of sort of lunges head forward, but being silly and just reacted. Off. Yeah, but that's what Met Bernie did, wanted him to do. Wanted him to react, and exactly. And fortunately for us, he's, he bought the reaction. But like he touched on there, well, like when Tete came on, uh, Longman as well. We sort of grew into the game yeah. more. I didn't want to yeah. say Longman because I know he's going to get too excited. But uh, well, he did play well. On. He did there, play well when he came on. There, took on there's players. a player I'm more excited about, which replaces Longman for me, and it's and I've seen someone mentioned it already, but Aaron Connolly. Mm. Um, I thought he had a great game. He had a great couple of games in general. I thought he was good against Huddersfield as well. Um, mm. And I'm glad yes. he's having a good time because before he even kicked a ball for us, everyone was already writing him off because of his off yeah. the field antics. 
but yeah. you've got to give him a chance on the field with us before you just decide he's any he's shit. And he's so far, I know it's only a few games, but so far for me, he's been very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, yeah I, I think I it's, with Connolly, he's growing in, he's growing into it a bit. I think we could see more of him on the ball, but I think with the way he presses off it, uh, he sort of gets into the face of opponents. Um, yeah. He's not scared to put himself about, you know, he's at about five foot seven. He's not particularly big, but comes up against these centre-halves, he's pressing. I think that's the sort of energy we need up there. He's a bit like uh, Slater, but further forward. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? One thing I want to mention on Slater is that he's not done that well in recent weeks. I think... He, he looks I, tired. Yeah. I think he needs a rest. But Yeah, he looks tired. But he's a lot of running <clears throat> running for the team. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's still his like, first proper season. He's had the whole time in the Championship. And, you know, yeah, he's yeah. a young player. But, you know, so maybe a rest. Although, of course... Uh, <laughs> We do have a whole week before the next game, so maybe some of that rest will, will come into play there. Um, yeah, Alex Lancaster said that uh, it was a bullet header from Tete. It's quite referring to. Yeah, I predicted that Tete would get his first goal for Hull City and it would be a bullet header, and then uh, I tweeted afterwards that it was a, the wrong sort of bullet header. Um, but, you know, I mean, of course, you don't want to see uh, your players headbutting anyone, but if they're going to headbutt anyone, it would be McBurney because he doesn't seem like a, you know, it, you know. I can't use the word, but it's what you said, Will. Um, you, do, you know, a wind up merchant. Can't use the word. Yeah, call, you called them an, e- call, no, called my, them an e- Egypt, didn't you, Will? My Just mum was watching. Egypt. Yeah, um, but then as uh, Enshep, uh, the comment said, uh, Colony, he's winding up players as well, and uh, you know, that's a sort of that, January signing you need someone who has the energy. We, yeah, that is something we haven't had for a bit. Is we need someone who. Get into the ref, get into the referee and the players, get them aggro. We do mm. seem a bit too nice at times, like we have yeah. recently. Well, we're yeah. cultured, like Surrey. Do you think we sort of went into there? Do you reckon that is put the players should have backed him up a bit more? Because I think our players have sort of accepted it that he was off. But you know, after what he's done, it's 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 one of them where you can't really back him. But yeah, sorry, I don't think they can back him but, really. But I think the players could have got in there a bit more and sort of, like, you know, I don't know. Laid one on McBurney, I think. Yeah, get Larman now. Yeah, just beat him up. Yeah, I don't think that No, I mean that'd be forfeit a match, get five points yeah. Iconic imagery for me to see, but um yeah, uh it was a shame to see him get a red card because he'd just come back from injury. Um and we've mentioned Connolly had a good game and uh Longman did as well. He came off the bench. Um, you know, he's playing on the wing, got a few crosses in, and uh, unfortunately, uh, he seems that he's picked up a, a back injury, so he, he perhaps won't be starting against QPR, yeah. which is very annoying for me because he should have started because I think he played better than Christie was doing uh, right wing. You can move Christie back, maybe coil off. But uh, Man, that that's, that's, that's to one thing I wanted to touch on. That's, what, that's one thing I wanted to touch on. Um, you just remind me, Chris, that's what I think sort of unsettled us in the game, playing Christie right wing. It looks so unbalanced, mm-hmm. you know, having Christie there with Coyle as well. I just, I just prefer playing a flat back four like we've been doing 4 2 3 1. But I think we approach the Sheffield United game in a way where we're trying to protect our full backs a bit more by mm-hmm. playing, you know, Christie and Coyle on one side because they know the, the dangers that, you know, Elliot, you know, in NDI and, and, you know, Jebison, they know, like, in behind that they're quite dangerous. So perhaps it was a bit more conservative doing that. But one thing I also want to touch on as well is the Ben Tetti. Um, 
since he's come back from his injury, he's been sort of playing in behind a striker. But mm, before that, he was on. playing left wing. Yeah. Do you, what do you think his best position is? Because I think he's made quite no a bit of an impact in behind <laughs> forward. That's the thing. Um, he's not really played enough, I think, behind him. Yeah. But yeah. I, think, I do think he's, he's, he's dangerous when he's playing in behind because he sort of picks up the ball and drives. And from central areas, he can hurt the opposition more. But then when he was playing left wing, you sort of, you know, he was... He was that guy that was providing his assists, um, he had a good, you know, sort of link up with Oscar as well. But it's mm. yeah, it's an interesting one because it it's good having a player like that. It, it shows that he can sort of play a variety of positions, you know. And you know, we've got quite a few of them in our squad to fair, like Slate, Logman. They, they all can sort of play everywhere, so it's mm. you know, it's makes good for you know, it's good for depth. So, well, yeah, I mean, it always helps to have these uh, adaptable players then because that's the way the you know modern game is played but uh we've not really seen tete play up front and hopefully we don't considering how good oscar is hopefully he just keeps playing so yeah i guess behind the striker where of course pelkas is injured two fans a bit inconsistent um, and maybe connolly could play there but there aren't wingers you know we don't have a lot of them uh who aren't always getting injured as well so you'd imagine connolly could play there or just up front so I guess Tete number ten could work, but I don't know whether that uses his aerial ability, um, you know, in the best way. And of course, you know, we perhaps he would have done something amazing and helped us score from that position against Sheffield United, but of course he got sent off. So, I mean, but I guess not up front is perhaps his best position because that's where he's being being played. Um, so, any other things we want to mention about? The Sheffield United performance. I mean, I just think we did control the game quite well in spells. And and one good thing I've seen because Ingram's can, uh, come under a lot of criticism recently for his ability to play out from the back. But um, not that he was doing a whole lot of it. Um, but uh, there are several times where he was really far outside of his box um, on the ball. And I just think that's a sign that he's getting more comfortable playing this position that he's comfortable to go that far off his line. So, uh, d- did anyone notice that and think that was a, a positive? I mean, yeah, I, I think I think Ingram's been, I know he's had a couple of errors, but I think for in general, Ingram's been fine regardless because, see, I'm getting annoyed with this, oh, playing from the back is shit, stop doing it. And the moment there's an issue or an error, it's instantly the worst thing in the world. Mm. Knowing that the other week Man City did exactly the same thing we've done a couple of times against Blackpool and Cardiff. Yeah, and they're the best team like, in the world at doing it potentially. Yeah, and it's like you're gonna have to. You do every team does it. It's not like it's some in in, in impenetrable tactic. No tactic is perfect. Mm. No Otherwise, perfect. everyone would do it. Sheffield United's goal game for us. Hoofing the ball away. Mm. Yeah, and then you lose the knockdown and they go up the end of it and, and score. So, and I think the way we've been controlling parts of games, you know, 68% possession against Huddersfield, um, playing up from the back is allowing us to do that and it's giving us more of a chance to be, you know, a sort of solid team sick if we've of, got the ball. Sick of hearing people just shout, get it forward. Mm, absolutely. No, no, they're not going to get it forward. They don't want to score. Mm, yeah, the people in the comments are agreeing with that. 100%. And uh, so one thing Rossini has said about the QPR game, or um, was it Tan Kessler actually said that the team's sort of being... Oh, exactly, take more risks. Um, he, he likes what Rossini is doing, but we need to take more risks. So uh, 
how how would we do that against QPR? What is it that is more risky than playing out from the back? It's it's a difficult uh, one, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Play two defenders. What play like a nineteen thirties formation where it's like yeah. two four yeah, too far. Five. I guess it's just like push the wing backs so far up <laughs> that they become right wingers and left wingers. You know, I guess that's the only way. But yeah, take a few more risks. Be on the front foot at home. That's what we need to do against QPR, isn't it? So do how think... do we see this game going? QPR are a good sort of a good possession side. So I think yeah. if quite equal in that regard. Um mm-hmm. they're not they're not afraid to keep the ball play out from the back as well, because that's their sort of philosophy. They've got players like Elias is that Elias Share fit? I think they've got players like Elias Share that could hurt us in the final third. Um but it's one of them where, like, if, if we start QPR right in the best of the form, I, I looked earlier, the, I think they're winless in six, but they've drawn four of them. So, well, similar to so us, like, really. So, literally, we've drawn our last four at home. They've drawn four of the last five games. So, I think. Oh, well, I, I wonder what's going to happen there. Yeah. I think it might be a draw. Well, to yeah. be honest, I don't want to sound boring, but I was going to predict a draw. Yeah, 1 1 as well. That. We don't do 0 yeah, 0 or 3 3. So, it's 1 1, isn't it? I'll take a 4-0. I'd take a 4-0 to us, to be honest. But uh, Yeah, I took a you really want to us, Yeah, same. Uh, you really want us to break that home duck because, uh, I mean, Rossini has been the manager, even though he's only had 10 games, he's been the manager for three months now. He said he's you know going to sleep thinking about the home form. And, you know, we've not won at home in those three months. I just did a question him about it after a game, every game. Fact that can, if you look at it as well, two of them games have played against 10 men as well. So you think you, you sort of pulling it out and thinking, how oh, or not. I do think the three month a, thing. At least the win, but. Yeah. The three month thing's ridiculous as well because a month of that, there was no competitive football. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <clears throat> so fewer opportunities to get that win. Um, but yeah, they're 13th, four points above us, but not. Really in in great form, as you said, they've uh, what's it winless in six. Yeah, um, but they've drawn like four or five yeah. of them. So since yeah. the uh, snake Michael Beale left them, the form's gone a bit off. Mm. I suppose it shows that he's a, a good manager. I don't know how well he's doing in range at Rangers in Scotland. Not a clue. Probably won a lot because uh, and lost to Celtic. That's the only thing Rangers really do, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So d- is this a must win? I don't really think so. I'm just playing. We've, we've said this for really. we've said this we've said this for weeks now. It's a must win. Yeah. Must win. But with our position in the table, look realistically, I'm going to put out there. I don't think we're going to get playoffs at the end of the season. <gasps> it's, Sacrilege! Uh, I think anyone who says that is yeah. being silly. <laughs> I think there's there's too yeah. many teams that you look at the Middlesbrough West Brom there coming into it now. Norwich have just got a new manager. They've won that's won twice, scoring four goals in each game. There's too many teams there fighting for it. I think a top half finish would be realistic. So I think if you look at a team like QPR, um, they're on bad form. Yeah, it's a time that we could be capitalising on that. But if we was to draw the game, I wouldn't be losing sleep over it, let's say that. But then you look at the game like against Cardiff, perhaps it's not a must win, but do we want to? Yeah, of course we do. But <laughs> hopefully we do win. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, unless you're like really going for promotion or you're almost getting yeah. relegated, no game is a must-win because you can just plod along. That's it. That's exactly it. It's a must-win from a mentality point of view, but not from yes. a results point of view. Yeah. It's a must-not-lose, really, I guess. 
Although, if we lost yeah. the QPR, it would make a big difference. Let's do Nottingham Forest. They was in a similar position we was at this point last season, and they finished. Yeah, they got promoted. The the, the idea of us getting playoffs to me is insane. This is a long term thing, and I think next. I think already they're like they're looking at next season as a possible moving for that. Anything close to that? Yeah, I mean that's what yeah. they said um, in the summer that you know they didn't necessarily expect us to get up uh, this season, and I think. Most of our players will probably stay, and a lot of them who leave haven't really Good played in that. Well. Um, I think that the only real major one, of course, this is too early to be thinking about this because it's still the January transfer window, but the only one I, I'd be worried about leaving is Oscar. Um, because yeah. you know, what about Seri? A... I think Seri was there. I think Seri might stay because he's Seri not a stay, he's not a goal scorer, he's 30, he's getting paid a lot. I don't necessarily. Think he'll want to leave? I say either. that it depends on what his wife says. That's true. That's true. Although, of course, I'll, clearly his wife might fancy a trip to Italy. Yeah, maybe he promised him a trip to Italy next summer instead. Maybe but they can have a trip and come back. You know, when the season starts, you're coming back to Wall, though, aren't you? Yeah, it's a lovely place. City of culture. It's got the deep. You can go there every week. <laughs> it's fine. Never gets old. We need fish there every park. week. It's the most beautiful yeah. place in the country. Exactly. So, um, yeah, really, this isn't a must win. I think these are the sort of games you'd need to be winning if you do want to show that you've got playoff potential. And uh, the the run of three games that I've been looking at, uh, it's QPR and then Cardiff and then Stoke, who are all below us, I believe, other than QPR, yeah. who are in worse form than us. Um, it's a bit like under Adkins a few years ago when we had a, a really great uh, week where we played um, Ipswich, Wigan and Reading and they were all rubbish and we won those three games and it gave us that playoff push um, I think if we get the first goal against QPR we could go on and maybe even win all three because I know away form is good so we could win at Stoke and Cardiff yeah. are in very bad form I don't think if we look at the next five I don't think if we look at the next five like these next three are crucial in terms of our position in the table because look we're far from safe yet I think what well, eight points above. So I think this these next three three games are the opportunity to sort of you know drag ourselves well clear of the the bottom three. because um, after we play these next three, we've got Preston and Norwich. So I think them two games away from home are tough. Preston's at home, but they've they've got the second. I think they've got a second best away record in the league. I was looking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that's that's not going to be an easy game. And obviously Norwich as well. There got that new manager bounce. So I think. Going away to Norwich, you know, you, it's what it, like the Sheffield United. It's a tough game, you know. Mm-hmm. We're not won there since I think was it when uh, like 2011, something like that. Mm. It's ridiculous. But, well, I don't think we've won there since I've been following City. That's uh, however long it is now, 11 years or something. So yeah, n- never won at Norwich, but you know, it's not like. And that's a big deal. We won like so. one nil in 2011 or something. I was going to say I saw yeah. us win two. It was two nil. Yeah. I remember us almost winning at Norwich was, and it was a similar situation. And then we won at Barnsley away. Yeah. Barnby that scored. Barnby, I think. I think so. The Nor- Norwich game I know Tom Kearney scored, and I can't remember who scored the other one. Alex says Kearney scored, yeah, but that's, that's not it, that's not what we're asking, Alex. Who who else scored? No, that's what I was on about. He's right. They'll leave him alone. Yeah. 
Oh, fair enough. Who else scored? Was it? I can't two remember. Two goals from Kearney. Uh, Does it really matter? No. no. I think we need to get back on track here and look at, look at the future. So, um, how many points are we going to get from QPR, Cardiff, and uh, Stoke? I'll go to you first, Will. Nine. Nine. I like it. I like it. Tom, better uh, be so nine. I, I replied to, reply to that tweet saying seven. Two yeah. wins, a draw, two losses. I think that'd be. I think I think that. I'd be happy with five um, at the very least, just to start, you know, <laughs> you know keep today, yeah. stay unbeaten and keep keep moving up the table and becoming a strong team. But uh, yeah, as I said, if we beat QPR, who I think sometimes it's almost easier to beat an out of form team who's just diddling around mid table than a team at the bottom that really needs yeah, the points. Agree, yeah. So I think yeah. QPR could be potentially somewhat easier than than Cardiff, maybe. Um, although yeah. I think we might be including Cardiff potentially in a little debate we're going to have at the very end, which Will has suggested. Um, so I might go, I might, I might go uh, th- th- seven. No, I'm confident. I think we might get seven, five or seven. seven I don't you think we'll win all three. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Um, well, rather than going on to the transfer news, I've mentioned it there. Um, Will, you want to complain about Jamie Carragher, do you? I thought he was going to leave it till the end, but okay. Um, do it now. I thought I'm the worst run club in football was. Um, or in England. Because it, it, it's not fucking Everton. Yeah, yeah, he was said Everton worst run in the in the, uh, in the in, Premier League in, and in, in England, football. but that's, that's nonsense. Yeah. Until a couple of days ago, it was Scunthorpe United, but the fans yeah. have been taken over. Can't believe the one last night. I know yeah, they actually won again. Over a year away from them. That's probably because yeah, it got taken over. Right? Yeah, it's that new owner bounce that we had last season, isn't it? And says we're going yeah, up as champions. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, so, who are the worst run club in England? If it's not Scunthorpe and if it's not Everton, I was having a think about it. Mm. I mean, I, I think Cardiff are having a bad time of it at the moment, aren't they? I mean, Vincent Tan isn't that great, is it? Let's be honest here. Yeah, maybe it's Cardiff, and maybe we can heap some more misery on them uh, in a few weeks' time. That'd be lovely. Uh, well, so, who are Derby still? Derby are still. Oh, all, all my United fans! All my United fans are sick Glazers. You know. Of course, they were the wankers. Yeah, well said. Very, very good. Very good. Um, yeah. So, shall we move on to the? Transfer gossip. Or actually, no, no. Before we do that, before oh, we do well, that, okay. we've got a new feature. We've got a, uh, that feature. isn't new, but it's new because oh, uh, I couldn't be bothered to do a preview with a QPR oh, yeah. fan. So this is the joint lineup that I made um, between Hull and QPR, and it's um, uh, sorry, Tom. No one can see you. The the graphics covering. All your listeners are loving this one as well. Hello. Exactly. Oh well, I should read it out. So, um, Dieng in goal for QPR, because um, I think Ingram's good, but I think I've always liked the look of Dieng when he's played. And then we've got three QPR defenders: Paul at left back, Dunn and Dickey, and then Christie at Paul? right back. Is that, that's, that Curry? Well, I, I I don't know. I think he's Dutch. Um, but he's got a goal and four assists, so he can go in there. And, and yeah, the reason why he's not got much competition, has he? Really? Yeah, but, but Greaves isn't uh, on this. Um, neither is Longman because the way I'm doing it is, if I could pick a lineup of the eleven players uh, that could actually play on the the game day, this is what it would be. So no suspended players, no injured players, and Greaves has picked up a um, a pelvic bone injury, as Rosini said. 
so um, he won't be playing. Then we've got Seri, uh, Slater, I'm unsure about that, and then Johansson for uh, QPR is a very good I'm, midfielder. I'm and then, uh, well, we'll get on to it. And then Chris Willock, Elijah on the wings, and of course Oscar up front. So, Will, th- is this awful? Yeah, because I don't give a shit if they're injured or not. Why is Jacob Reeves not there? But you can't do that if they're injured because they won't play. Well, but if, if, well, but if it's a combined 11, if it's combined 11, then Greaves is there. But... In my opinion, yeah. Where's Ingram? Where's Greaves? Where's M- where's where's McLaughlin? Where's Jones? <laughs> where's Tufan? Where's well, Longley? I think our defence has been pretty bad. And I know Dunn and Dickey are both very good defenders. Greaves is injured. No Longman because he's got a back injury. So, uh, you know, and Ingram, as I said, uh, I can't just put it 11 whole players every time because it won't be interesting. You can. Uh, no, because this is dumb, <laughs> especially considering, as I said, QPO actually above us in the table. So it'd be a bit weird, um, even as a whole fan. So, uh, Tom, we'll, we'll get you back uh, on oh, and uh, get your face back on. So uh, what do you think of that? Is I it rubbish? I don't think it's the ping should be there, to be honest. You weirdo. <laughs> weirdo. I'm just so uh, excited these, uh, these, yeah. new, these new <laughs> segments. Fangled developments, yeah. Uh, Alex says, Witto has had a shocker. Uh, maybe. But I think that's the point. Um, I was listening to the uh, TV. Well, having a shocker's the point? Yeah. Uh, who was it? Was it, it? It was one of the athletics podcasts, and they were saying that the combined 11s are, are dumb. And um, they are I mean, dumb, yeah, but that's why we're doing them. Work well together. Yeah. You know, we've killed five minutes here. That's all we've got to do. So, uh, fuck, you know. fuck the fans. <laughs> yeah, just um, well, maybe, maybe when we play Cardiff, I don't think there are going to be many Cardiff players on that combined eleven. <laughs> also, for um, audio listeners, I think it's really good. I've put an orange and a blue bit on the kit on the players on the graphic. I think that's it's a cool. like Shrewsbury Town. Well, they look like Shrewsbury, and same with when I did it for the Huddersfield team, they look like uh, Shrewsbury or Eintracht Braunschweig from uh, Germany. But then let's move on to the January transfer news, as there is a little bit. Uh, Carl Darlow is basically a whole city player, but because Newcastle are in the uh, League Cup semi-final still, Darlow has to be on the bench. And we'll be trying to find out who actually played for Newcastle. It was Dubravka in goal. So Darlow, uh, 32, English goalkeeper, um, has played in the Premier League before for Newcastle and um, before they signed a Bravica a few years ago. So uh, are we excited about this one? Because I think he could be a, a good addition, especially as Baxter is injured. Solid signing, isn't it? Yeah. What about you, Tom? Yeah, I agree. I think when you're bringing in someone that experience, I think that's sort of missed all season. Someone's sort of marshaled that back line. Um, I think it'll play a part as well. I think... Maybe him and Ingram will share sort of responsibilities. I think more so uh, he's coming in there, sort of galvanised the dressing room, I think, as well, sort of defensively. You know, he's, he's had a lot of Premier League, exp- Premier League experience. I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's a solid sign. And I can't really... He's also, yeah, he's also winning mentality at Championship level. Yeah, because he won the league with Newcastle, yeah. didn't he? Was he their goalkeeper that season? I don't know who was the first choice, but he was definitely part of the team. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, Mind you, we do have a lot of players that seem to have been in the playoffs or, or got promoted at the championship before. Speaking um, of, the next one you want to say. Yes, the next one I'm about to say. Um, we've been linked to this, um, oh, what, what's it called? Thierry Ambrose, was it? 
from Belgium as a striker, that won't be happening. It's complete nonsense. No, but of I'll course. send it. I'll send it. Yes, I'll yes. That's this complete drivel. Will looks confused. I think. I don't think. Yeah, I've in, I've done that intentionally. We have been linked to uh, Nottingham Forest left back Harry Toffolo, who's twenty seven. There we um, go. Signed for uh, Nottingham Forest in the summer from Huddersfield. Quite a big money deal um, as well. I think. Yeah, because yeah, well, they they like signed million, that midfielder as well, didn't they? Um, yeah, it, I think it was 10 mil each. 10 mil each. That's a lot of money for a fullback. Yeah. But I think Some money not for the season he had six, mm. six, many... six, six goals, eight assists he got last season. Yeah. So. Let's be honest, the Forest have signed about six left backs since they signed him. Yeah, Ren yes. and Luddy. That, that uh, Richards from Bayern Munich or something. Yeah, Richards. Yeah. Ridiculous. So I think that would be a very good signing if we got that. Fantastic it would be a loan deal. And uh, same with Darlow. It has uh, been mentioned that we could get Darlow and Toffolo for permanent deals in the summer if they happen and if they play well. So, yeah, Toffolo. Um, Great so move. Similar with Christie. I think Christie's been a very good player for us. And having two good attacking left, uh, you know, fullbacks, um, that would be really good. So, Toffolo, I don't think potentially scored... on loan. Recently, I don't think we scored that many goals from the left, like recently. Like, sort of, I think a lot of our good attacking player comes from the right. Um, so I yeah. think it would be good. To, uh, it's good having that balance on the other side. A good attacking, a good attacking <laughs> left back. Um, I think when you've got two two fullbacks like that, I like to get forward. I think that's when we can start pinning teams back a bit more. Um, <laughs> so I think you know with Greaves, yeah, he's, he's good on the ball, um, but he's not like he's not nimble enough to be a, a left back. I don't think. I think he has played <laughs> well, but I think you'd like to move him back to centre back. I I've yeah. loved Greaves at left back, but I'd rather him be playing in the middle. As much as I've yes. loved him at left back, he's been very good at left back. I would rather yeah. him be in the middle with Jones. I, I, I saw I saw someone say about um, what's the point in signing Toffler to bad to bring back Fleming, but I just nah because Toffler as well is better than Fleming. Let's be honest, I think Fleming needs a full season. He does. That's league the thing one. with Fleming. That's why yeah. he's gone out. He's to get married. Yeah, he needs a full season in League One, um, and obviously Toffler's had that experience with Huddersfield, get you know, um, nearly getting promoted, but and then obviously joining Forest. Uh, yeah. Uh, can I be mean to Alex for a bit? Yeah, um, he said Looks that. Uh, agree with him. Uh, he, he says that my all-time Premier League eleven, um, as in mine, not Alex's, uh, wouldn't wouldn't include Giggs or Shearer or anyone like that because they've retired and they wouldn't be available to play. If it was a combined eleven of Man United and Newcastle, it wouldn't have Giggs or Shearer because <laughs> they've retired. But if it's the all-time Premier League eleven, there. that includes all time. You know? It's real, you in there? Fucking up, yes. you line and sinker. No, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Nonsense, nonsense. Uh, I think it makes sense but if it the was record, the team. Ryan Giggs wouldn't play. be in the best eleven because, because otherwise, otherwise you could have. You know, we could have signed Ronaldo, but if Ronaldo had been injured for six months or something, he's not really. The, he wouldn't be in the combined eleven. It's got to be the players <laughs> you've go. got available. Otherwise, you could have players out on loan. Let it like, go. Would, would it include Cynic as well? Nonsense, nonsense. But uh, let it go, Nathaniel. I, I will, I will. Uh, so I think the only other um, news is um, Pelkas and Traore are very close to uh, coming back from injury, um, which yeah, is very good. Perhaps noticed, the next two weeks. I did notice uh, the the photo that Holsey's Twitter put out today, which will date this place. And shit. with him and all, with Adam and Oscar. Mm. Yeah, all smiles. Yeah. All smells and uh, see. You don't pull that picture out if you don't think he's going back soon. Uh, the, soon. the thing is with Triore, where where do you think he fits into the team? Because 
like like I said in the, before that I think when we signed him in the summer he was meant to be uh, meant to be midfielder Seri Trier too and I think yeah. that was the whole yeah. point. So I think if I'm being honest, I've not watched a lot of Trier. I don't really know what type of midfielder is he. I think he's quite no athletic. Idea. I think he's is he good at carrying the ball. I think on he's FIFA he's a cam. He's an attacking midfielder, but he's also one of those that can play. Allegedly, right wing or defensive don't midfield. Be, don't be that guy that based off either. <laughs> well, I know, but it's the only thing I've got to go off because do, he doesn't really play a huge amount of games in what, his career anyway. Player. He's not going to take his series place in the team, is he? True. And he's not going to probably take Slater's place in the team. Well, so I, think probably, it, I, think gonna, I think he would take Slater's, to be honest. I think it'd be that. I don't know. I need to see how he plays. I need yeah. to see how he plays football. <laughs> It's still a little while, probably two or three weeks before we see him play. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, apparently he's, he's been in some of the training games and he will have some uh, under-21 appearances before he plays for us. But, I mean, maybe if the idea was to Fanseri Traore, do that. Because maybe he's the sort of player that can combine with Tufan to get the best out of him because we've not seen the best of Tufan very often. So perhaps, you know, yeah. Slater, maybe, you know, it would be cool on him, but... Maybe even next year, maybe that is the midfield that we'd finally get to see. And that was how it was supposed yeah. to be. Although, with the summer transfer business, I, I don't really know whether a lot of real thought was put into it. So maybe that idea is dribbled as well. To be honest, the player I'm most looking forward to coming back is uh, oh, Malcolm. I want to see yes. him playing for us. Malcolm yeah. Eb, Eb, Eboe. Eboe? Malcolm. It's Eboe. Yeah. It Malcolm. is everywhere. But I'm going to call him Malcolm, like I call Oscar Oscar. Yeah. yeah. I'm usually good at pronunciations, but I am struggling with that one. So uh, I can say Estepinian, that's fine. But Malcolm, yeah. We're also talking about Estepinian, don't it? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think seeing him come into the team would be good because I think wingers, we have sort of struggled and that attacking midfield. Well, that's a direct. Yeah, well, that's the, yeah. where we struggle this season, sort of link up, link up play between midfield and attack quite often we we keep a lot of the ball we're great at keeping possession but it's about that transition further forward and if you bring the likes of Toffler Ebi away um, you sort of now you've got some some more quality in the final third hopefully um, and that's that's what we'll be sort of dying out to see really um, and that's that could be the difference between us taking a point from a game or three um, you know yeah. so I think yeah it's, it's quite promising we're approaching the point where we were at the summer where, um, of course, Aliar, Pelkas, Traore are all going to be back. We've signed Connolly and Malcolm. Uh, we've got, you know, already a lot of players. Where are they all going to fit in? You know, and, and we're going to have all these exciting attacking players and we're probably going to have, still have a lot of games where we struggle to score, especially at home. Oh. Competition is a good thing. Competition is a good thing. Oh, so they all push each other. Yeah, I've only it's not too hard. Because then they'll get injured. Hmm. Yeah, he, he comes from uh, Palace and uh, Derby fans and Palace fans all rave about him. I mean, really everyone raves about him, especially the uh, you know Twitter threads of skill goals think, uh, yeah. and stuff he's done. I think obviously the competition he's got there at Crystal Palace, though, uh, of Elise, Zaha... Um, yeah, the, he's too early for him at the moment. Uh, as well. Yeah, but I think the, the sort of he's the sort of profile of play that you know Palace look for now. That's why I signed from Derby because it, you know sort of the the way you know sort of manipulates the ball 
he's uh, direct, quick, you know, great on the counter-attack. I think that's... Sometimes I think that we do sort of have the, the sort of players to play on the counter-attack. We don't have to keep possession. But I think that with Eberway coming in, that's maybe an approach we could take sort of like away from home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. sort of sit back a bit and circle that bit of pressure and then sort of hit him on the counter-attack. I think that's that having a bit Eberway's that sort of that sort of like pacey player that we've probably lacked, to be fair, because I don't think Long, mm-hmm. Long was particularly quick. Um mm-hmm. Um, who else? You know, Slater's not particularly quick either. You know, going forward, Dockett is no slouch, but again, we've not really got a, sort of like a blistering winger. That's the thing. So I think he's he's could be the, the missing piece of the puzzle essentially. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, yeah, what do we predict the uh, QPR game is going to finish as? I think that's the last thing we've got to cover on today's episode. I, I'm going to go. A two-one win, two-one win. I think we're oh, finally going to. Uh, surely we're going to win at home at some point. Two-one. It's well. You're going to stick with your prediction. You're going to stick with your prediction. Well, one-one. Uh, I didn't say one-one. I didn't say one-one. Said one, a draw, one. didn't you? You said a draw. Yeah, said a draw. You said four-four. Said four-four. But I'm going to I'm yeah. going to play it safe and I'm going to half that and say Desmond. Desmond two-two. Right. That that would be exciting. But only if we come from two goals down. Ali, from a drive, I want goals. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, there haven't really been a lot at home recently. What about you? I'm going to stick with I'm going to say, same as was it Shepard said 1 0 win. I'm going to stick with that. 1 0 win. Yeah, could yeah. be another tight Link game. Here, a lot yeah. of them are at home. So we've gone 2 1. Yeah. Will's gone 2 uh, 2. And uh, Tom has said 1 0. Yeah. And Anton yeah. and Shep said 1 0. Perhaps in the future we should uh, sort of do a prediction league or something like that and see who gets the first right at the end of the season, something like that. Yeah, we've probably all been very maybe rubbish. With well. Maybe with fans as well, get get fans involved, get them predict every game. That'd be quite good. That's a good maybe idea, prize, Tom. Prize at the end of the season. You can something raise like that. that at the next monthly back meeting. Tom, mention that at the end of the season because we will forget. Yeah. It's true. I like it. True. We could just start one right now. To be honest, mid-season it's awkward, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but you know, we're almost well, we're just past halfway. We can't even say. How many, games, how, many, how many games have you got? About 20, 20 odd games left. Eighteen, like isn't it? Aren't we on twenty-eight games? So, uh, I, th- I think there are, there's eighteen games left. So, it's not really a nice number to do. Maybe the Cheers, last ten. Cheers, Alex. Always, Tom. Uh, and then N Shepherd said, uh, "Are we going to do a predicted lineup?" Nah. Too late. <laughs> Not feeling it. Um, well, there'll be eleven city uh, players. Same team. Swap out Teddy for uh, Teddy uh, didn't start. So. Two fan and yeah. uh, El- El- Elder in for Greaves. Uh, yeah, Longman's <laughs> probably injured. So uh, Connolly, but Connolly started. So. I don't know. Don't, Two, please don't play Christine Coyle on the right side ever again. Yeah, I never want to exactly. Ever again anyway. Exactly. Please. I think there are going to be a few forced. Unless, a unless few we're in the 80th minute. Unless we're in the 80th minute winning 1 or 2 0, then you can then you can bring on Coyle. Exactly. Uh, exactly. To be fair, Coyle's not put a foot wrong when he's played in recent weeks. I, just I was going to say against Huddersfield. It was against yeah. Huddersfield. He came on for Christie. Christie had a bad game. Christie came on for Christie and was yeah. fantastic because he kept putting balls in the box. I think that, yeah. The thing is with Coyle. Um, I don't want to drag it on too long, but I think Coyle's his final delivery is not too bad. To be fair, to be fair, to him. he's had a few assists this season. I think. Oh, he puts a lovely yeah. cross in. 
It's yeah. um, like I saw someone say that, uh, you know, of course, De Bruyne is probably the best passer of the football or crosser in the world at the moment. And uh, someone pointed out that, uh, especially when um, Chelsea had Morata, um, when Aspila Quetta sort of on the edge of the box on, on the wing, he's basically like De Bruyne and Coyle in that position. It's very similar to Aspila Quetta's crosses to Morata. So him and Oscar. That's a, a link up as well. I mean, it's a very I mean, niche thing. Chelsea is your comparison. <laughs> he was shit for Chelsea. Yeah, but whenever um, as Pulisquetta crossed it to him, he'd score. There was yeah. great match of the day compilation of like five exactly the same goals. Look up his header against Chelsea, uh, against Man United for Chelsea. Beautiful goal, great headed goal. One of the best crosses and headers you'll see. So uh, look that up, and it was very like the uh, the Blackpool goal. We saw, so, uh, yeah. Right, I said, yeah. Right, yeah, he was rubbish, but he could bang a header in, let me tell you. So, um, completely pointless. But, uh, yeah, Coyle, he, you're right. I think Coyle does get a lot of stick, but uh, drop him. Defo. Uh, no. Have Christy back at right back. Hmm? Well, you're saying no. No, just because I want to be contrarian. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Well, I think that's all we've got time for. Um. Thank you very much for everyone who's been listening, liking, and commenting. Oh, it's been, it's been a a, a very good. Um, uh, what what have I done? Like if you've if you've stayed in here for fifty six minutes, you're in, you're in. you've got not much to do, have you? <laughs> yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's true. That's true. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, thanks everyone for watching. We'll be back next week, hopefully. As I say, uh, every time we end a podcast, hopefully talking about a win against QPR. And uh, thanks again. And we'll be back next week. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.